Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want support? Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for What's Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast, live on Red Army Radio and, of course, on the podcast apps. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm joining with Dana and Elliot. As always, Middlesbrough just came back off a 2-1 win um, at home to relegation rivals Stoke City. Um, they one, went 1-0 down after 50-odd minutes um, by Sam Cluck with and then scored two. Came back for the first time in a, a long time. I, I can't even remember the last time Middlesbrough. Brought to Reading last year, uh, last season. Reading last season. Wow, yeah, end of last season. Genuinely can't even remember that. Couldn't that even remember. Two one, <laughs> two, remember. one but a goal um, from Ashley Fletcher, which I did say, and also a goal from Lewis Wing. I did say it was going to come from the left hand side as well. So, um, <laughs> did you say two one? I did say, t- and I said two wow. one as well. So, Mystic Johnny uh, on the mic, but it's now three <laughs> wins at home <laughs> in a row <laughs> as Millsworth climb out of the relegation zone. I'm now six points clear. From Stoke, um, so Dana, <coughs> going to start with you. Um, yes. Stopping you choking. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a massive, massive win on a Friday night, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And I mean, if you want to pull away from the relegation pack, you need to do so now before the turn of the year and before everything gets a little bit desperate um, in the transfer window and beyond. And it was a six-pointer. Um, you know, it was a game that we definitely needed to win. And I mean, the first half was a it was awful. It was a non-event, really. Nothing really happened. It was a really, really poor advert for Championship football. But then in the second half, things needed to change, and thankfully uh, it, they did. Woodgate changed shape, and I think it, it benefited us. And uh, certain players that weren't uh, performing in the first half stepped up in the second, and that's exactly what we needed. And, yeah, I'll take the three points, oh. definitely. Else? Yeah, huge, uh, huge credit to, to Woodgate as well for, for making those changes. We've said a lot this year about how he hasn't influenced the games um, at the right times, uh, and he starts to he's starting to, to kind of prove that really. He's sort of done it in the Forest game, and he, he's done it again now. Um, so I think we're, we're slowly slowly getting there. I don't want to put a jinx on it, but like you're saying, three home wins in a row. Um, it's where we're going to need to pick up our points this season. Um, and and, and these are the games where we need to compete in the games of, against you know the likes of Leeds and, and West Brom and so on. That's not where we're expected to, to pick up points, but um, massive win for us. 
The thing's slowly starting to, to pick up now, would you say? Uh, you'd think so, and I think it's, it's positive, especially with the amount of suspensions and, and injuries we've had, um, that we can still sort of pull out some results. Um, so I think if we, <laughs> I say if we recruit well in January, <laughs> then you know, who knows? We could. Uh, I'm not going to say we're going to push for promotion, but um, it'd just be good to kind of you know get a string of wins together and, and sort of get some fans back and, and maybe sort of look towards next year, especially with some of the youth players coming through so Mills were now 11 points clear from the promotion places in the playoffs um, but we are 6 points um, away from the relegation zone so do you feel optimistic or you know that's a stupid question but would <laughs> it's, is, could you be optimistic because this, this league is absolutely incredible like some teams come from there's always one team that comes from absolutely nowhere and they're always in that rele- they're in that kind of relegation scrum. they always just come from Literally from nothing, and then they, sent, they end up pushing the teams in there. So it's a tight league as well this year. So I don't know. I think teams come from mid table. I don't think they come from a relegation scrap. Mind you, you never know with this league. It's, tight. it's really tight anyone. this year. It's really, yeah, really tight. True. The commentator said it on Friday night that anyone can beat anyone, and, and anyone can lose against anyone as well. So it's it's that sort of league. Um, nah. <laughs> I mean, for me, I said it last week. The best we'll get is is mid table and. Honestly, I'd be happy with that. It's just a, a build uh, on that next season, um, which obviously we, we need to aim for. But I don't think we'll achieve anything this season. Um, it would be unbelievable if we could sneak into the playoffs. But let's be honest, it's not going to happen, even if we wish yeah. for it for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not happening, but you've, no. you've got to ask it because people will... I didn't realise we were 11 say, points. Yeah, it's not even that bad. It's like, it's crazy to think that we could actually mathematically... It was four points in... No, sorry. Yeah, no. What was, what was I going to say? Um, it's four wins away from from playoffs, and there's 23 games left in the season. So there's plenty of twists and turns to go, but obviously we need to keep looking up the table because I think that six points is, is good, but we need to keep kicking on now. But I thought that first 50 minutes or so was absolutely atrocious. Yeah. I was saying to Michael Day, I was like, this is the worst Borough team I think I've ever seen. Like, we were awful. Like, we were both from morning, and I was like, I can't. I can't even watch this any longer. Like, I was like, as soon as they score, I was like, well, that's it. So I feel like it was always going to be like that, though, wasn't it? Like we said that it's going to be scrappy and intense, and it was just. I mean, good grief, Stork! What has happened to them? And I was mm-hmm. like, we were talking about it afterwards. Me and my friend were like, they've gone from the likes of Boyan and Shakiri and Altovich to just a lot of players that just don't look like they care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the t- the team on paper is fantastic as well with Butland yeah. and goals like from England International. Um, you've got Joe Allen there. I thought Joe Allen was marvellous. Um, he ran, he pretty much ran the show for Stoke, didn't he? Um, and you've got Sam Clucas there who scored, but Sam Clucas is a, a really talented footballer. He cost twelve, was it twelve million pound that he cost as well? Um, you've got like Juve came on. You've got Sam, James McLean, Sam, Tom Ince, Tom Ince, uh, Sam Vaux. Championship players as well. There's some fantastic players there. I just, it's it's very interesting to see them like not really click and what was interesting for me they only, they only had one game the game plan was get the ball the the full backs and just try and be a big switch to either McLean or uh, to Ince and then if if Joel gets on the ball I thought they were they were much better sides and they, they kept trying to lob it over him which I thought was really frustrating because if you play through Joel and then you're going to create more chances but they just never did and I don't think Ainsley Pairs had much to do either so mm. it was a very very Boring first half, wasn't it? Well, it wasn't. There was, it, I can't it, remember. I, like, I can't remember anything from it. Really. I can't <laughs> just, 
I, it's, there was like nothing there. You've there been drinking too apart much. From, yeah, probably. Apart, <laughs> apart from Ashley Fletcher's miss, which I think was safe from Butland yeah. as well. So, yeah, um, yeah I think that was I the can't only really moment from wasn't there? Um, yeah, but apart from that, which I think Fletcher probably should have scored. Um, yeah. It was like really just nothing. But I thought the second half was was really positive. Um, I agree with you both when you say that Woodgate deserves credit, and he was, it was going to be a question as well, but he has pretty much answered it. So um, I think he does deserve a little bit of credit, and I think you're right with the, the t- last two games. He's, he's changed it and made an impact, and I thought what was really positive is when Mills were equalised, he still continued to make the substitutions regardless. Um, some managers in that instance would probably say, ah, oh, nah, since we've just equalised, we'll, we'll keep it as it is. I ch- he tried to change it at half time anyway. I think he changed to a four two three one and then made um Spence go on the He matched them up, didn't he? I think yeah. so, yeah. Um and it just it just seemed to work and I, I think we'll get you know, even after even after me um was taking the lead, I think we then brought on Marvin Johnson, which was quite you know, still a positive substitution. It wasn't just mm. you know, we're gonna try and defend this lead I now. Think, it was um Yeah, I think I think Spence was starting to pull up, I think. Yeah, I kept I kept seeing him stretch all the time, so mm. probably just Crampy hasn't really had like much first. Yeah, team I think football. that. Uh, yeah, some, somebody was saying to me, "Oh, why was he dropped for the Swans again?" I'm thinking, well, he played sort of Saturday. Or was it Sunday? The uh, no, yeah, it was a Saturday, Saturday Charlton, then Tuesday Wednesday that Forest one. He was going to play three games in seven days when he he hasn't played all season. Um, but obviously, it was a welcome welcome return. Again, I thought him and Coulson um, really well. Sort of, it gives us that extra balance, and I think they work as wing backs. I think they would struggle in a back four currently. Um, but I think as wing backs, I, th- I think it's a good system. For yeah, I think us. you need that cover from Housen and um, Fry. Yeah, I think Ayala was unbelievable. Yeah, again, again he was, yeah. I, I've always been kind of a little bit undecided on on Daniel Ayala. I've been on the fence. You know, he's a bit like my like One minute I'll be like, oh, why'd you do that for? And then the next minute I'll be like, best one of the best defenders in the championship. But I think I finally sold an opinion on him. I think just give him what he wants. Just give him a new contract because that. You know, he's the only leader in our squad. I know you're, John. You're a little bit like iffy on him. No, no, no. The, only, the only reason I'm a bit iffy is, is I keep every time I think of Ayala, just think of the playoff final and say, "Get rid of it. Get he, rid of it." He always, get rid he of always it. does have a mistake, and I think it. that maybe comes in in some sort of big games potentially. Um, but I know what you're saying, Dana. I think, for in terms of sort of experience and leadership in our squad, he he is the the most. Yeah, um, he's, he's stood up the most experience. So he got his head on on pretty much everything. I think there was one point where there was like a high boot, and he just went in for it anyway. I think that's the thing. He is he's a, as, as we always say, he's an old school defender, isn't he? I think oh, where the where the mistake lies is when he's got too much time on the ball, and you try and ask him to pick a pass out, and that's that's where he fails. But if you're just wanting him to do his defensive job and head the ball out, clear the ball out, block, intercept it, he'll do it. Um, I think those type of teams suit Ayala though. I think the likes of Stork, Cardiff, um, who like to play the long ball up to the forward. Yeah, it's going to be Ayala's dream, really. It's it's the teams that like the likes of West Brom and and Leeds and maybe Swansea as well, where they're trying to play intricate passing around the defenders. I think he does struggle, and it's like it's not it's probably not it's not his fault, but it's like they have those type of forwards who can really get in behind you and make things difficult for you but that's just like the art of defending really it's, there's levels to attacking as well so yeah. but I think it does suit him but I agree I think I think you should probably give him a contract or give him what he wants if we can afford to but it's I think he'll need to take a, bit, a pay cut oh yeah I think when we were saying about Randolph and, and so on and him being one of the better players I think he is dispensable just because of I think Hainsley has stepped up quite well in, in some of the games and I think in terms of keepers that you know Touchwood really, it's it's kind of I don't think 
injuries will, will plague it that far where we won't have to you know have to go out and get an emergency long keeper. But um, I think Randolph's more dispensable. If we lost Ayala now, I think it it'd be very detrimental to our season, um, especially with the likes of, of shot out when we're already playing a, a centre mid at centre back and. Um, Dale Fry's, you know, still kind of coming into his own. Really, we've kind of seen um, naivety from him this season. So, um, I think we need Ayala for the rest of the season. I think Pez was really unlucky for that goal as well. Yeah, it was a great like, save. It as was. Well. It was a really, really good save. I thought Fry was poor for the attempted clearance. Yeah. He tried to hook the ball away with the wrong foot. I sent a really aggressive message in the ch- in the chat when <laughs> when Fry did that. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. Please remind me. I can't really sit on there. Um, <laughs> I don't know, he, sh- he should have definitely got rid of it. But Ainsley Pears, though, what do you think of him coming into the team? Because he has got big shoes to fill, really, with Randolph because Randolph had that expectation. He's the, essentially the best keeper in the league, um, which I think, oh, I appreciate he's really young. Um, but do you think he's stepped up quite well? I think he's dealt with the, the pressure quite well, considering the position that we've been in. Um, and, yeah, mo- most of the games, I mean, I know some of them he probably hasn't had a lot to do, to be honest. I think we've been, which we've improved, good, he, he kind of thing. came at the team as we improved defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and the games that we have conceded, I mean, Leeds, I mean, Randolph had, had conceded four in that game anyway, because Borough as a whole were poor. So, um, yeah, no, I, th- I think he's stepped up quite well. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think he's been, he's, he's gone about his business quite quietly. He's flown under the radar a little bit. And I think that's probably because of the fact that we've not really had much. Well, in certain games, we haven't been tested much. But, you know, he's 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 been good. He's He was a promising keeper at Gateshead um, and Darlington. So, you know, he's, he's stepped up and he's taken his chance. And I, I just loved our goal on uh, against them on Friday night, the the wingy goal because you know it came from pairs then it was Tav then it was wing it was like a, a goal made in straight from in, the academy oh yeah, well straight from the academy. I know he was from yeah. Shieldon but yeah, one of the younger lads from from well, this area so came through the academy level. yeah I think no. great to see no. a really good goal actually because not only was it a, a great shot from wing but it was a great counter-attack you know Tav turning John rarely ever see counter-attacking awful. goals from from Borough rarely ever yeah. see it I've always said over the years we're one of the only teams that can't counter-attack and Three passes and we scored. Yeah, that's so. all we needed. It was simple but really, really effective. Yeah. No, good. Um, obviously, there was one more return um, on Friday night and it was Rudy Gustad. Um, he did get mixed reactions when he came on. Um, we've got a couple of questions about it as well and about booing, so I'll probably come out a little bit later on. But how do you think Gustad did? Because um, I think he. <laughs> brace yourselves. I think he put a good shift in. I thought he played all right. No, I, I played quite well. I agree. I thought he added a different dimension, which is what we needed. And I thought Steve Walker did well, but he obviously he needed to a, a little bit something a little bit different, um, rough up the centre backs a little bit. And I mean, he won three headers, so we can't really complain with that. He, he added a, a different dimension to the game, like I said, and and that's exactly what we needed. Steve, Steve Walker, um, you could tell the experience was lacking with him when he started. There was a moment where he kind of ran through, and and Danny Bart just kind of shrugged him off and. He kind of felt intimidated by that, and I thought Danny Danny Bart's got him in his back pocket here. Yeah, do you think um, Steve Walker's not ready yet? I think he needs to. think he needs to go out on loan in the January window if we can get bring a striker in and and get some more match experience. Pot- it, it yeah, potentially. Like yeah. yeah, potentially. Um, I think obviously at the moment we we obviously kept him due to, due to numbers and so on. Um, and we've tried tried him in a few games this season, but um, I don't think he's a bad player at all. I think it's just it's that experience. I think Danny Bart and. Um, uh, who was the other centre back? Was it Liam, it was Liam Lindsay? Lindsay? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I don't think he was... I thought it was a bit strange when we lined up first and he was the kind of leading forward and Fletcher was playing behind him. I thought that was a bit strange um, yeah, in I the first half. I thought Fletcher would, yeah, I thought Fletcher would have been the, the main striker there. But, um, yeah, and that, that's why nothing really happened, I don't yeah. think, because we weren't very fr- threatening in the first half. But I probably agree with you on Rudy. He came on and he offered that something different and he gave him that physicality um, of what Stoke were all about. So, Do you bring him in for Huddersfield? Um, Who it's difficult to say. Centre backs. Um, Are they Schindler. like the rough and tumble sort of ones that you could put Rudy up against? I think it's possibly Christopher Schindler. Yeah. I can't think of yeah, the other guy's remember. name, but I think well, is it when Tommy I was Alfred? at Huddersfield, it could be yeah. one of them is when I went to Huddersfield away. It, it was like Britt did create chances. And he should have had. A, he should have a hat full that night. It was still that oh. myth. I'm wasn't he back? Wasn't he back in training though? Britain people were kind of rumouring that he could have been back. Obviously, it wasn't. He didn't even make the bench. So, is there a potential that he could if, be back for for Boxing Day? If he's not, if he's not right, there's no point. Yeah. Um, for one, for the rest of the season, and two, if you want to sell him in the January window, like, um, I know I will get said so there is funds, and then he goes becomes back on it. So you don't really know the ins and outs of the whole financial side of things. But what I do know is we probably will have to sell before we we bring in because financial fair play and all that kind of stuff but I think if, if Brit's not right I think you've maybe got to give Rudy a start and like let's see what he can bring to the fold really um, I know like a lot of fans booed him and do you think they have the right to boo him as well Cause I know we've been really critical of Rudy um, over like the last season and do you think it's right to like boo him when he comes on the pitch because I thought it was pretty harsh really because I don't think he, yes he has done things wrong but if you live in the past so much it's like yeah, I think you do need to change your opinion once in a while, especially in football as well. Mm, uh, yeah, we've we've been critical, haven't we? But I mean, people are entitled to voice their opinion however they choose to. But I am of the opinion that if you go to a football stadium, you're there to support the team, and certain players will be a part of that team that you don't like, that you don't rate, that you just don't take to. And people have the option to just not say anything at all not do anything you don't have to boo a player that comes onto the pitch alternatively you don't have to cheer them you could just do nothing so I, I think that's exactly isn't it? I think that's exactly what I do really I'm not a big fan of um, I wasn't a big fan of Stewie Downing and nor Johnny Woodgate but I'm not going to you know I'm not going to boo them and, and equally I don't you know just because we're winning I'm not going to join in with Johnny Woodgate as a red either it's, it's kind of you can just kind of take it back from all and just kind of view it as just a, a performance based thing um, and then either give praise or, or criticism from that. So it's a good point that I, I agree with you on it. But I think obviously a lot of the people that maybe did boo him, um, I don't know if it's solely down to performances and the, the type of player he is, but I think a lot of it is probably to do with that Newport game last year, um, whether it happened or not. Obviously a lot, I've spoke to people in the South Stand who said they were there and it happened that night. So you know it, it is one of them you, you would be you would be a bit annoyed if you <laughs> went all the way down there and that did happen. Um, getting beat by Newport, pouring down rain and and everything. But um, like you say, I, <coughs> if you choose to believe it or not, anyway, you can just choose to maybe not react, like you say, Dana. But it's just, it's a funny one. People are entitled to to whatever I when they pay the ticket. I just think it's counterproductive. It doesn't help. Yeah, because if, if they come on, it, it, it dampens your confidence as soon as they come on. You, then they're only going to play worse from that. Mm. So it's yeah. yeah, it's like your attitude. Like if, if, like, say, if I went to work and everyone started booing me, oh, like I wouldn't. As do, soon as I wouldn't walked do, in the office, yeah. Because yeah, I walked in, so and so I'm leaving. They're like, oh, ah, boo, get out. <laughs> but then people talk about professionalism, and it's like you can like 
dish all this criticism out and then yeah. like the player can just do like you know they can maybe give it back and then the fans are like oh well, what also yeah for? sometimes yeah it's, it's yeah. hard isn't it because they're still human as well um and obviously i imagine it was you know i don't mean i don't want to cause any arguments with anyone but it was probably a two-way street at some point if you you know i've seen the stoke fans doing it to their players um at the end of the game as the stoke fans are walking over clapping the um clapping the fans everyone um, in that away end was just sticking fingers up and, and everything. Not one person was clapping. Um, and I'm just thinking like, okay, yeah, you got beat. You, you're this thing in the table. And you can either just choose not to clap and you can just be you know, sad and disappointed with the game or whatever, or you can just clap as if to say, you know, thanks, I can see that you're trying. It, it, I imagine the players that came over, I think one was, was Danny Barton. Okay, yeah, they conceded too, but I don't think Danny Barton had a, a really bad game. Yeah. Um, so... To get caught on that, it was a lovely ball over from Housen for Fletcher's header, but he did get caught flat-footed, which mm. is like the problem with their centre halves. Like the centre halves are like really old, like 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 old, really old-fashioned old centre halves mm. where they'll just like kick you in the mm. water, not bother about like intricate passing and just like more or less like, oh right, I'm just gonna kick two shots out here and then see you later. It is but, strange their team though, like because individually they have some really good players, like Tommy Smith, he captained Huddersfield to yeah. promotion. And you've got Danny Barty who's an actual born leader. Captain Wolves to promotion. Yeah, and yeah, that was a they won that league. And you got Joe Allen, the Wales international, who was like the Welsh Javi, according <laughs> to uh, Brendan Rogers. So a wonderful Hawks team, well in, in wonderful team. Just strange. But I think with their fans, though, I think it's like you're saying that you have the right to boo. I think you do have a right to boo if performances aren't great. You pay to go and watch something good, but, but it, it also with them, it's, it's yeah, counterproductive, isn't it? It's so been it's, they've been so bad for three, four seasons. How much can you take? Yeah. Like it does, like, it does get gets a bit toxic, it's, doesn't it's it? It's deflating and, and toxic, and yeah. I feel like they just need not. I think they just need an overhaul from top to bottom. I think and just a complete start. I see again. similarities between yeah. ourselves and them mm. as well. I think there's a lot of. At least we are probably not in the situation where we, I know we have a few top earners, but they have a lot more than us, obviously looking on paper, where we've cleared some out and obviously we're bringing some youth players through, so we're probably not in as bad of a situation. And I think this is only their second year down, is it? Yeah, so obviously next year, if they don't go down this year, it could be even worse for them because obviously it's our third year down now and it's playing out worse for us now, so yeah. Yeah, we, we, well, you say like with the youth players, and I think Joseph Coombe sent us a question in. And he said, "Which youngster has impressed you? Impressed you the most?" Because you say like the young players coming through. We've got Dale Fry, Ainsley Pears, Jed Spence, Hayden Coulson, Lewis Swing, Tavernier. You've got Steve Walker on the pitch. You had obviously Tyrone O'Neill came through. Ben Little on the bench as well. So there's a lot of youth players to to choose from, really. But is there anyone anyone really that's you know <coughs> like just completely and utterly impressed you and said, yeah, "You know what this like." we should really build a team round. Like, we'll team I feel like this question is leading up to me in humble pie, isn't it? <laughs> well, I've got the question, you know but what? I want to speak about Tav, but you know what? If you want to go in there and say it, then... No, I am. I'm going to hold my hands up and say, Tav, I apologise. I'll never criticise you again. Because, <laughs> honestly... Next podcast. He's going to get sent off on Boxing Day now. <laughs> Tav, I'm not going to criticise oh, you no. again this year. <laughs> Can I just say that... Tav's been performing because I've been criticising him. No, it's not. Yeah, maybe. It's probably, <laughs> I mean, he might have listened to the podcast one day. Yeah, just like, you know, Caroline Backer did. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're getting, yeah, we're getting big people listening to the podcast, so Tav has definitely listened. And Johnny Woodgate uh, knows about the podcast, he, everyone. I, mean, yeah, I, I hope Johnny Woodgate didn't Jeez. listen last week. I hope he didn't because I absolutely <laughs> slayed <laughs> him. <laughs> <laughs> well, apologies, Johnny. 
What was the question? Yeah, Mom. no, I think Tav definitely because uh, since I have criticised him, he seems to have gotten better and better. And the only reason why I've held up uh, saying that you know I've I've been proved wrong is because I want to see it consistently, and I think I have seen it consistently. Um, and it, you know, like in the second half, he was pretty much our main player. I think everything really came through him, and I genuinely think he's found his position now, and I think he's he's coming to his own and. That's all we really want to see. I mean, there was promise there. You don't, you know, in England under twenty-one, England under twenty international, and captain them for no reason. You know, there's definite potential there. We just haven't seen it that that often, and now we're finally starting to see it more often. Yeah, you'd, you'd have never really put him down as a centre midfielder before, would you? Because no. we, we we sort of seen him out on the wing and under Monk, but mm-hmm. I think I think he kind of thrives with that sort of free roaming position, doesn't he? And, and sort of wanting to, to turn a man, and that's exactly what happened for that goal. Um, he just picked it up and he was like, see you later. Just took it around wherever it was in centre midfield. And um, I think that's where his strengths are, are going to lie. Um, I think we've got a, as you say, when building a team around someone, it normally starts with a focal point in the centre. I think building a team around Tav could help. Um, so I, I, I'd probably say, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we would have probably been saying maybe Hayden Coulson, but I think in the past couple of weeks, Tav's really impressed. Um, I think he's probably been the, the best young player we, we've had. I think Hayden Coulson's impressed and maintained it from pre-season. I think Tav has kind of done the opposite. He's started, you know, I wouldn't say at zero, but he's he started as someone that's fairly well maybe overlooked by fans and then he's he's become a really important yeah. player of the team. So, yeah, I would definitely they say both, Tav. They both had spells out, but obviously Tav's was, was due to form. Coulson's obviously just the injury, so who knows if Coulson obviously had that, if he'd be playing there all season. Um, if he didn't have that injury, then we, well, we probably might have been seeing Coulson. But mm. no, fair enough. I think I think Coulson and Coulson is the one that stands out for me, especially this season. I agree that Tav is probably the the best one out of the bunch. But he's, he came in a couple of years ago. But then it's hard. I think I think it's what you look for, what you look for. Um, if someone's going to change the game, it's going to be probably Tav out of the rest of them. But I've been really impressed with Jed Spence and and Coulson really. But we've pretty much campaigned for Jed Spence for. A good season, really, know, crazy, and, and really took the piss out of him as well for saying he's about this small Manjaro. Explain that because people might be listening and might not know what that was about. Right, so basically, every time I go to Manjaro's, I've been what I don't really go much to Manjaro's. I've been <laughs> there about, about four or five times in 2019, but every time I've been, Judge Spence is always there. Like, and this is why I started this crack, and then it's like it's seemed to evolve. And, <laughs> I don't know, maybe Jed Spence should be sponsored by Manjaro's. We named it a bit like the Burnley TV from 2003. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much to that, the 2003 shirt. Maybe we should bring out a shirt with just 2003 on it. Maybe put it in <laughs> the black. TV. Maybe put it in like black and white as well, so like since colour wasn't invented then. <laughs> Certainly not in Burnley. Uh, have you seen on, have you seen on um, it's going off on a tangent a bit, on pro clubs um, where you can create a kit and it says um, Jordan for Nike Jordans and it's got like the yeah. little badge in the middle. You should do that where it's like, Two zero and a little TV <laughs> and zero three. <laughs> Get <laughs> on it that. now. Yeah, I love, Get I love, on it. I love pro clubs. It's great. But um, before I move on to Huddersfield, um, I want to chat about Caroline Barker and Sky Sports a little bit. So if you haven't seen it, um, we were featured on Sky Sports on Friday night. Um, how, it was pretty weird, wasn't it? Like because I remember I was like sat on on the bus to the match, and. Uh, I was like, my phone just like blow, started blown up, and I was like, I'm either getting really popular or like something like incredible has happened. 
Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, those board breakdown. It was just we'll get to this. It was such a picture. It was great. It looked as though you like wanted to laugh from the moment she started talking. I don't know what was. It's as if she had like something on her head or something. I don't know what his face <laughs> was doing. Oh, he definitely listened. It's just had board breakdown. He was like, oh. That that Johnny Bullock. So I've been in the fifties. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about that. I was like, I was in the back of my mind. I was like, oh no. I was like, I hope she has. I hope she doesn't stay. So Johnny, um, was not more a breakdown podcast? And they're saying it's about a lack of discipline. Um, Johnny, the, the podcast host, said that you burned fifties in the pub. <laughs> the Dickens. <laughs> How many you think the players are going to call off? I was like, I was like, oh no, 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 no. Uh, she kind of like it, like she kind of lost the question a little bit, and I thought she was gonna. It was yeah. because maybe in the back of the mind she was thinking about that. Please, but no, that was brilliant. It was like one of those things where you're like, wow, like our podcast is much more than like just us three. I think obviously, um, I think obviously with Caroline Barker and other pundits like that, I think it's good that they're they're obviously doing the research, and I think they have to. I was having a, a chat with a mate on on Saturday, and obviously we were talking about sort of the, the big pundits are always get the big games on, on Sky Sports and it feels like they never do the research and they just play off the same things every week. You know what Graham Souness is like and how much he hates Paul Pogba. Um, <laughs> oh, Dan, the Triora doesn't have any end product. Where, yeah. And like, you know, he's, he's such a raw Biggest talent. But Tony Pulis, like, literally yeah. did all the groundwork with him. Men when an million pound player. Now he's like, somehow reaping the rewards of it. I'm just like, oh, Exactly, man. yeah. But, but I, I think... Nuno made a dharma. Remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Nuno made a dharma. I think... Um, in that right wing position. Hmm. I think, uh, I think obviously, the, the other pundits that obviously didn't have a, a playing career, the, 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 they obviously do put in a lot more research and they and the, the will look at everything that's going on from a fan's, perspe- fan's perspective and sort of um, what's going on behind the scenes of clubs. Um, so I thought it was, it was, uh, it was very... Very pleasing to, to get mentioned on Sky Sports. I wasn't expecting it at yeah, all. And when, I, when, I, when I seen the message from from you guys, I, it wasn't loading properly. As is the the four G in the Riverside. It's pretty much non-existent. But it's like you're, it's like um, you're in Chernobyl when you go to Riverside because like, yeah. you just get no like, pure no. lead walls. Lead wall, yeah. yeah you, I, and they finally came through when I realised what it was, and I was trying to play the video and, and listen to it. It was very quiet. Um, and then I realised she said Borough Breakdown and I was like right let's get a drink it's, to celebrate it's great journalism though isn't it because <clears throat> if you want to understand like what a club's doing you have to understand the fans and I think pundits of of like old well old I say old like before Caroline Barker they don't really do that or they don't show that they've done that so the fact that like she's done it before she's like listened to the fan podcast before and i think that's brilliant it, and it's great exposure for us as well so big up caroline barker oh, it was great it's just what gets basic but i've made me, made me buckle I, like, <laughs> I don't know why i don't know what he could possibly be laughing at it just looked as though I oh, maybe God. someone was behind caroline barker doing something it just just looked as though he really wanted to burst out laughing can i understand how worried i was when i heard when i just i was watching the initial like three seconds like ah oh, i was like oh no 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 they spent 15 20 minutes talking about ill discipline no it's took me 20 minutes to get away what did he what did he actually go on to, to say after that i only heard the, the first few lines he he, said, I think yeah he said, you could put you could uh say it's down to that yeah so in essence he he semi-agreed with us yeah, see. Thank Johnny Walgate agrees with the borough breakdown. Yeah, see. Our oh, credibility shoots up. I do care. Thank, thanks, Johnny. I appreciate <laughs> that. And I apologise for saying about the 50s thing, which, which, was, actually, which was actually true because I, said, I watched you do it. It's good, though. Good crack, man. I'd have to buzz with it. Being yeah. a minion, yeah, isn't it? Really, yeah, think about it. Like, had Demi on, being on the Gazette, being on. With, the oh, pitch. Yeah, 
on the pitch with 32 Red, Sky Sports. Oh, mate, it's class, isn't it? And uh, the final um, final thing we've done, uh, we're having a sponsorship with Beer 52, which yeah, will be we... starting in, in 2020. So Yeah, Beer 52 as well, which this is not the ad part, by the way, so... <laughs> I've got. Oh, I, I'll, I'll tell you later on. Anyway. You'll see. You'll see. Um, but should we chat about Huddersfield or should we just carry on like saying how good this year has well, been? Because it has been mint. I love it. Um, since <laughs> last podcast of the year. But thank you, though, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast because I appreciate it. Um, right, let's chat Huddersfield. So the Cowley Brothers um, start to turn things around a little bit now. Um, they start the goal of the relegation zone. They're starting to pick up a couple of points as well, and it was a good result at the week um, at the weekend. Um, I thought that Nottingham Forest would probably get a good draw, turn them over. I did put a draw for them in Huddersfield one, and there was the only team that let me down on my bet as well. Forest so, have got a cack, though, haven't that. they? Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. started that, I yeah. think. I know. We well, pretty much started sometimes that. Sometimes your bubble bursts a little bit, yeah. or you just go through a rough spell, and every team does it, and I think hopefully that is, this has been our rough spell, um, and then we're starting to pick up a little Moving bit now. now and ho- yeah. Hopefully, yeah, um, every team does it, but... I know you guys do your, your little research before the, the old podcast starts, so I'm going to pass the old MIC over to you and go for it. Well, we've been uh, added a significant strength on Hoof Squad. Did you see that, Elliot? I didn't know. Well, two, Ooh. actually. Two. Two? So it is Christmas. <laughs> um, it's one of them the season of giving from, well, from, from Hoof Squad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of them is counter-attack and the other one is creating chances using three balls I love how we score one <laughs> counter attack oh, and it's a now significant it's a strength. strength for the season can I just say though Rudy Gestead deserves credit for that goal I know you're saying it's like the intricate passing and the three passes we score but Gestead takes the centre back away for, it's just for a split second and opens a space up for Wink to have a ping and it, uh, Wink to have a ping wing that was so poetic. casual wingy pinger casual <laughs> 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 wingy pinger <laughs> please don't say that for a comms team oh, oh. I'm surprised he didn't hashtag uh, <coughs> casual wingy banger. I thought they missed that. I know, I, I was, casual I was wingy ping at home. They mate. created it. Yeah, <laughs> nah, I really, I was, I'm really looking forward to that. Actually, the casual wingy banger. But what can you do? Wing scoring goals now, mate. Wing is scoring goals. Just, just the B Tech version of re-scoring goals. Now it's in my head. I constantly. hope, I hope he just continues scoring now because obviously it's just we're not going to hear it again. Drop for a while. next game. But uh, <laughs> no, I think it will. I think it's one of those chances. I think it'll, it'll stone. It's, it's catchy. Like mm. every time Sheffield Wednesday come, uh, like Blitter side, I just love that chant. And I remember it's, it started, yeah. and then then the red faction joined in with it, and then it kind of they wanted to go back to like the other songs because it was kind of we were milking it a bit, and then and then but everyone in the south stand just wanted to continue singing that song, <laughs> so it just kept starting up in the middle of other songs, and it is just, catchy, just like. like stayed for the rest of the game. Yeah, it was the Carvajal one where at first Sheffield Wednesday like when he, before I got stuck, it was like someone in the dream. Anyway, oh yeah. right, yeah, Carlos had a dream. Carlos had a dream. Yeah, build a football team. Love that chant. It's great. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, uh, match facts. Um, we've won our last three home games, <coughs> uh, all with a one goal margin. Of course, we won. Hundred percent record in it. Yeah. Yeah, one nil, one nil, two, two one. one. Uh, we didn't. Uh, first time we haven't won by one nil. I know. I was surprised. Later. That's still, why I went one nil. Still by one goal, <laughs> on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I was thinking that at the time. Um, as for the form, obviously we well we both won our last game, Huddersfield. Then uh, before that. Drew a game, won one, lost two, and then drawn another. As for Borough, we lost the game before this one against Swansea. Then drew the one before that. Then won, then lost, then won. So it's a bit all over, all over the place at our form. But we've only managed two defeats in our last uh, six. The same with Huddersfield, actually. In fact, is that an identical? No, they've had one more draw than us. Um, they are currently nineteenth. We are twentieth. They're a point above us. 
They've lost one more than us, but they've won one more than us. Um, in the last six meetings, this is the jinx start of the day, by the way. Just, just not, not want to say it. Don't want to say it. Unless you're touching wood, then... Right, I'm touching, touching wood. Touching Jonathan Wood. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is just great, isn't it? It's just brilliant. Um, it's just yeah. great banter, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> Huddersfield haven't won against Borough in the last six meetings. That is the jinx start of the day. Thanks for this. <laughs> Ruining my boxing day. <laughs> Jason's crying, nice one. <laughs> so uh, we've won four of the last six, <laughs> and there's been two draws, zero Huddersfield wins. The last game was obviously nil-nil, then we beat them 3-0, then we beat them 2-0, and 2-0 after that, and then 2-1, then 2-2. And if I'm being brutally honest, as my memory is obviously cack, I have not, I don't remember any game apart from the um, the one this season. Yeah, 3-0 the... last, last year. We won last year. Um, but the only three nil at home. I can't remember. Um, anyway, the last <laughs> the, the, the game I remember Huddersfield beating us um, was two one. I was there, and it was a foggy night. And oh, I remember, I remember that, one. that one. Yeah. Oh, and Sue scored on one of them. It was a really good goal because uh, Farshaw flicked it back to him, and then he. It was he, the only goal Adam Clayton scored for us as well. Oh uh, yeah, and it came off Dean Dean Whitehead. Yeah. Hmm. Good old Dino. But was that three nil then? No, it was two one. No, I don't no, remember in last season. I can't oh. remember the um, I can't remember the thing. Um, Redbear. Oh, the, oh, this wasn't last season. This was. This was been under a couple of seasons. They're, they're in the Premier Ponica. League last year, weren't they? Yeah. <coughs> I got confused about that. Yeah. Ramirez scored two, Ledbetter scored one, and he scored a penalty. Good, good old Gaston. Go on, Elsie, you got anything? Yeah, so I, I was just sort of looking at the, the formation and lineup. Um, the last sort of about the last three games that they've, they've swapped between formations. So last game, you know, yesterday they, they played four four two, and then against Wigan, they played the what they've been playing most of the season four two three one, and then against Charlton they played the four four two again. So um, and they've only played the four four two three times. So I feel like they're in a transition phase of maybe trying it out, um, or I don't know if it's down to injuries. Um, I found out who the other centre back is, Dana. Now that I think Tommy Elphick must be injured, or he's, he's oh, you know dropped a form. He's crap but, as well. I wish he um, wasn't. But it's uh, Stankovic. I thought he was more of a mm. sort of left back or maybe centre midfielder. But um, he's playing playing centre back with Schindler. Um, also in the team uh, there is uh, Hadajonai, a left back. Um, Danny Simpson, right back. Um, the young keeper who started against us hasn't played the last couple of games, but um, he's called Grabara in goal. Um, Elias Kachunga and Janino Bakuna on the wings. You're um, not Janino. <laughs> <laughs> not the real Janino. Um, I thought both of the, those were also classed as centre midfielders, so they were quite a, a flat sort of four four two, I guess, when we were kind of using Housen and. Um, have you seen that? Sorry, have you seen that Roger Van Lepar is what is one of their highest rated players yeah, and he the left seasonal, the club in like yeah, the a month ago. A lot of the time it ends up being like that because if they've played well in one game and they're left, isn't it? So, um, but yeah, uh, Elias Kachunga and Gina Bakuna I thought were both centre central type players. I think it's kind of how Housen and Savile were doing, doing for us last season. Um, and then up front, um, Steve Mooney and Carlan Grant. And Carlan Grant's by far and away the yeah. best player this year. He's on 12 goals. 22 um, year old as well. Yeah. Ben, yeah, we um, linked with him at one point, I think. It yeah, I think Tal? we were over the over the summer um, as well. He's he's got a good young talent, I imagine. 
a lot of championship clubs and maybe even lower end Premier League clubs are probably looking at him as well. Um, but yeah, twelve goals, seven ahead of Janino Bakuna on five, and then there's you know other people are dotted about Christopher Schindler and is that Fraser Campbell is it on two? Um, I don't know. I hope that's not Fraser yeah, Campbell. But... He signed when, um, a couple of days before we played him. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so you know that's that's the the sort of team really. Um, I think it was most of the players played in it against us. Um, obviously, Borobon, Jonathan Hogg, I'll be in there again as captain. So, um, I think it'll be interesting if they're trying to change to a to a four four two. You can imagine, obviously, with that, especially with you know we know what Danny Simpson was like from the Premier League winning season. I think with both fullbacks, we're trying to double up on on those sides. So I think we're going to have to make sure that Housen and and Fry, um, you know, help out a lot with. Spence and Coulson if, if you know if we do start with that formation again because like we say that um, I think especially with Coulson as well he's he's much better going forward um, and well, even Spence as well I think there was one point in the game uh, on Friday where Spence I think he kind of like went to get in the box for a cross and he ended up being the highest play- and Stoke cleared it very quickly he ended up being the highest player forward, and I'm like, he's meant that's, to be That's right. an issue, I think, where they get in behind the, the wing backs, but that's to happen, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's got going to, to happen. You've just yeah. got to be good on the cover, which I think we have been yeah. overall. Yeah, so, um, like you said, with, with the form, um, they're sort of in good form themselves, I guess, in the last three. Um, I guess a bit like us, obviously, I was mainly in the home form. So, two sort of teams that started the season poorly, um, we're improving slightly, sort of things are starting to click. Um, so,. I'm feeling as though um, it could be another another draw, but I'd, I'd like to get another win. We, we've won a good run; it'd be a good good win at this time of year around Christmas and so on. And I imagine the attendance will be up on on Boxing Day as it always is. So it'll be good to perhaps get some people who don't come all the time, um, get them coming back to the ground if we have a good performance. Mm. Well, I, when I was at the game against them away from home, we did enough to win that game we should we should have put them to bed <laughs> remember Ashley Fletcher yeah we should, we should have put them to bed like very very like early um, and it was just really frustrating I think coming home that night because the roads were shut and it took me about four hours to get home from Huddersfield which is brutal um, so we were on a win just for that um, but what's your prediction lineup and predictions um, just kind of put, put some out there if when and if a friend comes back um would you like to see Millsborough in a four-two-three-one formation? Because I think we'd be quite suited to that. What friend left back? Mm-hmm. No, I know I th- it's a bit. I know it's a bit dodgy, but like put, maybe putting Coulson into a, a like a, a left-hand side. Maybe you can put Spence into another side. I don't know. It, yeah, it's interesting. I can, I can see it from the the Coulson point of view, but I think I've said it for a while now. I think friend's best position at this stage of his career is centre half. Yeah. yeah, I got the legs. But I don't know. Anyway, do you want to do your lineup and predictions? Or yeah, sure. I think um, I think for lineups you probably stick with the same. The only argument you could probably have is maybe um, wing to possibly start um, instead of Clayton, um, just because the impact he, he had, and possibly even Rudy, as you were saying. Um, and if you're having, you know, if you had Steve Walker as the furthest um, forward player, um, you could have Rudy there because surely he's going to win a lot more flick-ons for. Ashley Fletcher than um, than Steve Walker would have so, um, but I think obviously if if Brit's back then I'd, I'd start Brit. Uh, so it's obviously took, but obviously more injury news I guess as it gets closer to the game. But uh, yeah, I think those would be the only two changes you'd, you'd probably look to make. Yeah, I'd probably yeah. I'd probably do the same. I'd 
see the thing is we seem to be better when wing is on but i don't know whether wing i think if you put wing in i don't think he's suited to to a wing back formation that we play he just he looks jaded quite frequently i don't think he's when he gets about to 70 minutes he, he does look like he, he he sort of he'll be sort of chasing the ball back um and he won't make that extra yard to try and win the ball back he'll, yeah. he'll be sort of there and it looks as though he's doing something but he, he's not really he's, effective yeah he's, he's trying but i don't think he's suited to a wing back formation mm-hmm. in in midfield um because you do have to cover a lot of the space yeah. wing needs that discipline around him to really relish his opportunities because like we were saying like in previous podcasts in last year as well his positional play isn't really great he, need, he needs the players around him to keep him like keep him in check but he is i thought i was, I was impressed with him on on friday night it was much much better for him yeah, I think that. when we were saying about um, when I said we we're going to miss Paddy McNair, I think with Paddy McNair being out, I think that allowed Wing when he came on and Tav to kind of push forward because McNair's the one that's always pushing forward. Um, one of them had to sit back, and I think because of that, I think they kind of relished that. So it might have been a, a good mm. thing in hindsight. I th- I th- call me crazy. I think we've sometimes played better without McNair and thing. Mm. <laughs> call me crazy. I think I'm tempted to keep playing him. Yeah. No, pe- people think that, yeah, I think that if we go with wing from the off and then it doesn't work, what are we going to do to change it? Who are you mm. going to bring on to change it? You can't bring on Clayton to change the game. I think that if you... I mean, we need to find out a winning formula from the beginning of the game because I think at the moment, although Woodgate's tactics are good and he's obviously changing the games, the issue is is that we're not starting well in certain games. The, the Stoke game, uh, an example of that. Um, and I think that's what we need to change. But honestly, the only change that I would make in the lineup is probably Steve Walker out and and put Rudy in. Or yeah. if Brit if Brit's fit, then put Brit in. I think yeah. Brit alongside Fletcher. I'd start Rudy as well. Um, probably keep Clayton as well, and maybe mm, drop it's maybe, a, maybe drop yeah. Savile for wing and mm. put, keep Clayton in there. Yeah, yeah, that's got, a show. That's I think show. I think that's probably a bit. I think that's a better. Um, tactical change for it because I think if you put wing in that centre defence mid role, it's there's too many gaps where I think Clayton's got it onto a tee, but he just hasn't got the legs much anymore. Um, but I'm, Clayton is great and I think he's been a great custodian at the football club. Um, but score predictions, and I've got one last question as well. Your score prediction. I want to kind of say to build on with our home form, um, but I just oh, let's be optimistic. <laughs> oh, it's, it's Christmas. Christmas. Grinch. Right, okay. Um, I'll, I'll go for a 1-0 to Borough. Um, I just think it's going to be a very tight game. I don't think we're going to win by a high margin. Um, I just think we're we're going to be very evenly matched. Um, but yeah, 1-0 Borough. 1-0 to Borough. And I'm going 2-0 Borough. I'm going 2-0 Borough as well. <laughs> Fair enough. Right, last last question. Um, it's basically like a decade question. Uh, so Gibson is king. He said, if you could change one thing um, over the last decade, what would you change? I'd change the um, the decision to keep Agnew in charge. I think it would be interesting to see what uh, what we would do if we actually employed Gus Hiddink, for example. I think we were linked with uh, he was linked with a managerial job mm. at the time. Um, I'd just be interested to see if we would have stayed up if we appointed a manager and not stuck with Steve Agnew. Because mm. I mean, you can kick on from there. You can stay in the Premier League and then ap- appoint another manager. You've kind of still got the the basis to to spring off in the Premier League in the top division so I think I'd do that yeah I think the Agnew thing was possibly one of the worst decisions I think <laughs> I've ever seen but not backing him as well that was a 
That's a, yeah. that's a killer. Um, Double kill. I think I'd have probably went with that one as well, but to pick another probably key moment is maybe what would have happened if we stuck with Tony Mowbray and gave him more money than what he probably deserved. What could have happened mm. then? Mm. Mine is oh. just one name, and it's Gordon Strachan. I think <laughs> if we just... If we just um, didn't hire him, like it's it's weird because it, hindsight's a wonderful thing, no. But it's like if you stuck with Southgate, where would we have ended ended up? Like obviously we did get beat five 0 at home to um to a West Brom, which was pretty much the result I think where a lot of fans turned on him. Um, so it's that, but also you've got should we have hired Mowbray when Southgate got the chop? It's like I think we had to buy him up a contract. Yeah, I think I think timing so, is probably. Yeah. Um, the key factor of, of everything in this whole decade, the timing of, of things has been off. Mm. So yeah. I would be interested to see what had happened if Karanka got sacked after Charlton Gate, mm. after he walked out. That would be interesting. Yeah, I know, but maybe we should have kept Karanka. Mm. It's a shout. Maybe it, there's like so many. There's been ifs, so many bad decisions yeah. in this last so decade. So many ifs, buts, and maybe's, isn't there? Just, uh, just before we finish off. Um, do you notice that Danny Coyne now wears an earpiece at all the games? So oh, it looks like someone it? must be in the stands now. Boy, breakdown ITK. I see. <laughs> see, I, I mention it. That. Mention it on the podcast, and now it happens. <laughs> the Borough do listen to our podcast, hence why we'll get asked the question. So that pretty much wraps things up, guys. Thank you very much. Um, as always, guys, like, like, share, subscribe to the Borough Breakdown channel. Um, give us a five star rating on our podcasts. That helps us get found uh, by, other pod- uh, by you, but also our podcasts um, as well. And gives us up in the charts as well. Um, so that's pretty much it. Um, everyone have a wonderful Christmas and don't have too much. And, you know, can't wait to see you all in the next year. So see you later, you filthy animals. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for What's Craig it? Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Tease Tracks on Red Army Radio. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.